Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How you doing? Hey, Dave. Hey, all right. All right. So, I'm Holly. And I'm Dave. Welcome to... What difference does it make? Our continuation of the top 106.7 songs of 1981 from KROQ. Correct. Rock in, of the 80s. In Los Angeles. Yes. Where we grew up. Yes. This is what we listened to. And we were avid fans. Avid, can you say that? You just did. Okay. Okay. I'll well, allow it. We left off. It's only getting better because today we're going to start with 39, and I think things get a whole lot better from here. Well, I'll disagree <laughs> with that already, but... Uh, yeah, well, you're entitled to your opinion. But I do know the smaller the number, the bigger the hit. <laughs> Some wise man once told me. A wise man. Yes. King of the countdowns. King of the countdowns. Yeah. Casey. Yep. Counting down. Uh, so let's <laughs> count them down. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Let's go to number 39. Iggy Pop, Bang Bang. What can you tell me? <laughs> I can tell you I was probably more partial to the David Bowie version, 1987. Okay. So, but, David uh, Bowie loved to cover Iggy Pop songs. Yeah, so I liked it. But, but this was great. This was really fun. But you don't, you know, he actually wanted, so this is from the, the album. It was called Party. Okay. And he had originally wanted Phil Spector to produce it, but he couldn't get Phil Spector. Instead, he got Tommy Boyce, which was pretty cool. And actually, when I when I of the Monkees, Tommy no, Boyce, Tommy Boyce, who wrote and produced a lot of Monkees stuff. That the same Tommy Boyce? Yeah, I was like, uh, I'm not going to remember his name. It's like Hart and Boyce, I believe. Or yeah, like the, com- the combo. They were I, they wrote a lot of Monkees hits. He was way older than I realized he was at the time. You knew him at the time as Iggy? the songwriter? No, Tommy <laughs> Boyce. You can't tell how old he is. He always looked the same. Love him. He's got to be old now. Anyway, that's what I know about. Uh, okay, I did see the video of it. And you know the weird thing about this video? What? He's wearing a shirt. <laughs> the, the whole ro- thing? It, the whole video? The whole. I didn't think a shirt can contain him. <laughs> but it does. He's wearing like this ruffled shirt. It's, it's super 80s and super... Iggy, but uh, it's, it was just funny seeing him in a shirt. In a shirt, yeah, you almost don't recognize him. No, I don't recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you look different? Oh, I'm wearing a shirt. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> a lot of information there. Yeah, but, but too much on Iggy. But however, and we know this 
from from past episodes, one of my favorites, the Finn Brothers, Split Ends, mm-hmm. number 38, Hard Act to Follow. <laughs> Sixth album. Okay. It was called Wayata was the name of the album, which means <laughs> it's Maori, the Maori word for song. Okay. But in Australia, it had a different name for song. It was called Oro, and I'm probably not pr- pronouncing this right, but it's Orobori, which is Aborigine for song. You've done your research today. <laughs> well, that was interesting. And of course, you know, because I love them, I wanted to know a little more. But people probably already know this without having had to research it. Okay. So, what can you tell me about so, it? Someone, you got to have something. Someone's found Wikipedia. <laughs> no, oh, I got, I got multiple sources. Okay. Um, actually, I, one thing I did learn from Wikipedia from this, <laughs> <laughs> apparently it was uh, the album, whatever that name is. Wayata or or. Or a I'm going, to, I'm going to make you say it over and over again <laughs> until you get it right. I could be mispronouncing <laughs> it, it. Yeah, make it up. I don't What'd know. What did you learn? For some reason, they changed the color of the album for America because the USA does not like brown. And so they changed the color. It was like blue, bluish. Did they do a focus group to find this out? Uh, or is this just a know. general statement across I, the board? Americans I think don't am- like brown. Americans don't like brown. We like, <laughs> I mean, look at look at Cleveland. Look at UPS. Do we like, we don't like brown. Or do we like brown? Do we like UPS? We like UPS and we know we, it's an association. I guess maybe, maybe they didn't want to be associated with brown, with the color brown. I think we associate it mostly with shit. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> you can edit that out. No. Okay. So that's very interesting. No, I did not I, know that. Yeah. I don't, I, um, I don't, I don't know if that's based on facts because it was in Wikipedia and that was, that's what I found is that they changed the color because Americans do not like brown. Huh. But we like the song, Hard Act to Follow. I love the song. It's a good, I, I like the energy in that. I, you, know, you know, there's nothing, you, you only get positivity from me about the Finn Brothers. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I've, I've heard a lot of negative things from you in the past. Oh, never about them. No, and probably never. not about any of these upcoming okay. artists. Okay. Maybe I'm just feeling pretty good today. I just oh, okay. got back from a vacation, so you're not going to hear any negativity. Nice. Okay, I'll <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> Send Holly on a vacation, then have her come back. <laughs> She's going to feel good about everything. Well, also, as remember, we move into 1981. This music only gets better and more positive for me. Sure. Well, I mean, for both of us, we yeah. were right in that. Uh, yeah, this is our era. This is 8th, ninth, 10th, something, something. I can't 10th, 11th. 10th, 11th. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. We're starting to go to shows. We're starting to listen to the radio, get a little independence. You can jump in your car yeah. and you could put on K-Rock and you could listen to it without your parents uh, knocking on your door to scream, <laughs> to turn off that, that crap. I'm just picturing the we're not going to take it video where the dad comes into the room. Isn't that we're not going to take it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dad comes into Was that, the room for him to. That's a couple of years away from yeah, but I mean that that that's the vision you just Twisted conjured up, sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, um, I've never heard of this. Uh, what's this other band that's uh, number thirty-seven? Okay, well, you know, this might even be worthy of a whole episode of what difference does it make? So, number thirty-seven, uh, almost unbelievably to me, is Tom Sawyer by Rush. Now I can't remember K Rock ever playing this. I can't think of this as a K Rock appropriate song. It's super prog rock, but apparently it was played. Mm. It was played. 
Number 37, that's pretty pretty good. It must have been played a lot. So I, I mean, it was the breakthrough album for the, for the band. Yes, it, it was. It was played everywhere. Yes, it was. And this is I mean, obviously their most recognizable song. This will be the last time we ever hear of Rush on KRQ. That's for sure. But it's not going to be the last time I hear about it in my house. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, my resident expert, I, I made the, the well, it wasn't a mistake. It was probably a really good thing for the show. I kind of grilled them because I have a lot of facts, obviously, about the band and about the song. But I thought I could get some give, some inside perspective. Okay, so you have give me uh, one or two fun facts about Tom Sawyer. Okay, I want, well. I'm going to give you a few. Okay, so you're going to have to give me some. You're going to have to give me a little leeway on this. But something I got from my my RE is that so the drummer Neil Peart says it's the most All challenging. Right, I'm going to stop you right there because <laughs> everybody knows. Nobody knows. See, I think of it as, I mean. Everybody knows. Isn't there a, a scene in um, yes. in this movie uh, with Paul Rudd? I love you, man. I love you, man. Yeah. Where there's where they're saying Neil Peart and Neil's saying, no, it's, it's Neil Peart. No, I'm pretty. And then they're saying, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's Neil Peart. No, it, you know, they're getting an argument about how to say this guy's last name. And it was him. They were talking to him. They were talking to him. Yeah. And he's he's saying it's Peart. No, he says it's Peart. Is it Peart? Peart. Peart? I okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm just... Uh, We're going to have to go back and watch the episode, but I'm pretty sure because my RE says Peart, and I would trust him almost of, over oh. anybody, but I'm going to go back and watch the, <laughs> the episode where Chester Cheetah is seen snorting Cheetos while listening to this song, and after he finishes, he yells, there's no fucking drummer better than Neil Peart or Peart. We'll have to go back and watch the clip to see what he actually says. True. Okay. Did you see them? Go ahead. <laughs> no, I will pull that up. To see. I'm sure he says pert, but you're probably right. It's probably incorrect. See, I was corrected by my re. I I always pronounced it pert, but my re was the one who corrected me. So that's really the the, the facts that I got from my re are probably a little more obscure. Um, I, I need fun facts. What do you got? Fun facts. Fun? Oh well, fun facts, which. Oh, here's it. Here, you you might appreciate this. Having been in drumline during the first instrumental section of the song, the time signature changes to seven eight. Just pick a time so, okay. signature. Come yeah. on, how can I dance to this song if you keep changing the beat? <laughs> You'll never dance. This to is Rush. not a song. I wouldn't. <laughs> does not. It's got a good beat, but I can't dance to it. Right. That might be the only one that you can say this. The only band that you can say this probably about all their songs. Do we consider Rush a prog rock band? Can we call them that? Yeah. Okay. I don't I know if that's an insult to... to I don't know, but that's what they are, so... I, I know, <laughs> but if you talk to your RE saying, no, 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 they're not a prog rock band. They're Rush. They are Rush. They play Rush music. That's the type of genre. It's Rush. All right. Good <laughs> Should talk. Should we move on now? <laughs> Here's a band we're going to talk a lot about. Caution. What, what can you tell me about Caution? This is pretty funny. I'll tell you, when I first saw this on the countdown, I actually thought the band was UFO. Because the song is called UFO. Right. So I thought we were talking about UFO, the band, and I thought, that's a really weird one. You think Rush is weird to have on yeah. you know, on this countdown? I thought UFO was weird. And then so I pulled up the video and I thought, ah, ah it's not UFO. Oh. What can you tell me? Uh, uh, Caution is a band that sounds a lot like Devo. Yes. So, uh, and that's, I could see why they were played. And it's, it's a good song. There's nothing wrong with uh, covering <laughs> Devo or emulating uh devo there was a band we played uh that we talked about earlier that sounded a lot like the police you Who know that? that 
Let me get my paper <laughs> out here. Uh, oh, Nouveau Combo was the band. Oh, yeah. Citybound E-Train, which reminded me of the police. So it was record labels were going, hey, this Devo, uh, they're, they're something. Let's get a sound, someone who sounds like that. That's and, probably a bad choice. Because you don't need no, you don't need another diva. Diva's diva. The police, you know, that's like a rock and roll sound, and but that's what people do. I mean, when a you know when a movie hits, all of a sudden, you know, oh, we need another one like this. Um, you know, this and then a sequel. Yes, well, of course, <laughs> like this ABBA movie that. Uh, hey, don't <laughs> go there. All right, sorry, but yeah, when anything's successful, everyone tries to emulate. Oh, this is yeah. this is where this is where sound is going. This is what we're doing. You know, that's why there is. You know, I, I guess in the 90s, for some reason, swing music was huge. Yeah. So every label was signing a swing band and that was played for a little bit. And then that, that dies off. And then like in the 80s, it was that rockabilly was big. Yes. And so there were a lot of rockabilly bands. And so it's. But that's a sound. And and Diva was really spit to me, I, you know, and this is just my opinion. Diva was more specific to me. And these guys sounded a lot like Diva. It wasn't a genre. You know, like swing is a genre and, yeah. and rockabilly is a genre. Hmm. Yeah, it was just, this was like what I think record labels were hearing. Like, oh, this is new wave. Let's get new, you know, yeah. new wave sounding band. And that's, that's I'll go for Depeche Mode, not for Devo. Well, okay. <laughs> I understand. I like Devo. I As... Don't. Okay. I know where you sit on Devo. <laughs> okay. It's fine. So Caution uh, was never to be heard from again. Yep. Uh, looked it up, tried to find anything on them and there's nothing to be found. All right. So then we move on to... Red Rider. Yes. Lunatic Fringe. Um, another Canadian. Another Canadian band. <laughs> K-Rock love Canadians. Yeah. This was the, a big hit, I guess. <laughs> the, I, I do know they were, they were they're really big in Canada. <laughs> and Tom Conkren went on to have a, a huge career. Uh, yes. Remind me of anything that he... Life is a Highway? Life is a Highway. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> I, I knew I heard the name Tom Cochran, but I can't remember the couldn't remember the song. Oh, so not much into the Canadians, are you? <laughs> are you? <laughs> I like Neil Young and I like uh, Joni Mitchell and there's actually Alanis Morissette. Alanis, there's a band from Canada that I love that's called Sloan, that is huge in Canada, and. Uh, just a pop punk band, yeah. You really like them genuinely, I, or is I it do, just the name? No, no, you? no. I well, <laughs> first of course it was the name, but um, yeah, they're just super catchy. They've been around for thirty years now, something, something like that. So they're old, also. They are super old. So I know after this episode, you're going to send me a link of of Sloan music. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I should. I, I've I've seen them. They still tour around, but it's it's always great to see on the ticket announcing <laughs> Sloan. <laughs> I performed here. Yeah. yeah. For I those have, who don't know, Dave's last name is Sloan. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, Canada has a, a lot of contributions to uh, rock music that I love. But we love our Canadians. We love Canadians. We love our neighbors to the north. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah. And it was around that time that the, the McKenzie brothers uh, had a hit. <laughs> Getty Lee was also on, on their big hit. All right. So that's enough Canadian. That's our Canadian talk show. Thank you. <laughs> I think we might be done with Canada for a little while. Uh, but I think we will see more Tom Cochran coming up. That's my prediction. Not on this countdown, but okay. in the future. Sure. All right. So 34, I want to say it's Billy Idol, but it's actually Generation X, Dancing With Myself, which I didn't know, which I always thought was just a Billy Idol song. 
I mean, I know it's a Billy Idol song, right. but I didn't know it was Generation X that originally recorded it. Did I did, you? yeah. No, I, I did know that they both recorded it. It's kind of like The Move and ELO yeah. recording Do Ya. Exactly. Um, it's a slightly different version than Billy Idol's version. Have you heard? Yeah, I did. I listened to it. Okay. I listened so, to it last night. So what were your impressions since um, you're, it's fresh in your mind? It didn't sound that much different to me. Mm-hmm. So now you're making me feel like I pulled up the wrong version. <laughs> what, was it, what did you find I, different about it? Oh, yeah. So I, I think there is more guitar in the, the Gen X version. Like punkier? Uh, yeah, just a little, uh, a little more rockier. I think Billy Idol's is more new wave, <laughs> more dancey. Uh, more, you know, where you can shake your fist and throw it up yeah. in the air. <laughs> Which I did. I went to see Billy Idol at the Palladium when I was in college, and it was probably the concert up until that time, except having seen the Bay City Rollers when I was in sixth grade, um, where I screamed and had my, you know, my fists in the air. I loved him. He was like the be-all, end-all for me, yeah. Billy Idol. Yeah, that, he was, yeah, he was that guy. There were a few of those those guys I'm sure you, you would scream at. Who else? Um we're coming up to him. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but you probably haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, but so I think this was the only um, Gen X song, Generation X, mm-hmm. which we are a member of. Yes, we are. Wait. The greatest generation. <laughs> Forget yes. the, the Generation X. Ah. I'm on the cusp. We'll count you as Generation okay, X. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. All right. Uh, yeah, you are not a baby boomer. Right? No, it was def- ba- how's it go? It's baby boomer. It's the greatest generation, and then baby boomers, and then Generation Gen- X, and you go Gen Y, Gen Z, and then millennials. Millennial. Ugh, millennials. Yeah. Ugh. Don't get me <laughs> okay, started. don't. We're gonna just start sounding <laughs> old. Hey, you're listening to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Just relax for thirty seconds. Chill. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon.
patience has paid off, we've returned to the What Difference Does Make podcast. Then we move on to number 33, and we got the Jim Carroll. It's too, again. It's too late. Oh, uh, again, meaning what? Uh, he, we found him earlier in the countdown. Yeah, we, uh, I would think that people, who, people di- who died. Yeah, I would think that that would be the bigger hit. I know, me too. It was not, apparently. Oh. I don't know. How random are these countdowns? Was it just something that the uh, the uh, staff put together and just kind of figured out, like, oh, this is the order we wanted in? This was not like a listener, like you would, you know, fill out your, your top uh, three songs and send it and mail it in to uh, KROQ in Pasadena. I don't know. Maybe call based on call-ins? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm sure it's just the way the staff wanted it to, <laughs> yes, <laughs> to, exactly. to play out. But yeah, so anyway, but it's too late. It's uh, also a good song and memorable. Anything you nope. found in your research on nope. that? Okay, then let's move on, shall we? Yeah, because next is the Go-Go's. All right, and this song should have been number one. Yeah. Well, I, I think so. It was number one all over the world. And it's uh, Our Lips Are Sealed from the Beauty and the Beat album, which we will probably do a, a whole album takedown uh, on. And yes, just we kinda, will. And we should. It warrants it for sure. Definitely. Tell me about Our Lips Are Sealed. Anything you, uh, I, any, any firsthand, uh, you know, stories or like, do you remember when you heard the song? I, I remember a friend turning me on to this song and thinking that this was, and this was in high school, obviously, thinking that, oh my God, this is a whole new, I, I, my eyes are open to a whole new world of music by listening to the Go-Go's. I don't know what it was, you know, at the time, I don't remember like how that crystallized. Well, it's music. It just draws you in for some reason, some for some intangible reason. I don't know. This brought me into that whole movement. I just love the song and the whole album. To me, um, Beauty and the Beat is another flawless album that you can listen to all the way through and just sing at the top of your lungs. Still, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, no fun facts other than you know, though it's been covered a lot. This song has been covered a lot, and Fun Boy Three covered it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say I wasn't sure if Fun Boy Three did the song first. <laughs> No, uh, I believe the Go-Go's did it first. Jane Weedlin wrote it and it was... Um, Terry Hall she, wrote, yeah, co-wrote it Yeah, of they, Fun Boy 3. They were supposedly, supposedly the story goes, they had a, a little uh, tour bus romance because they were touring together and mm. that's when she wrote it. Their version is darker. So, but it, it actually charted higher in the, it, was, it went to the top 10 in the UK, the Fun Boy 3 version of it. It's and, a good version. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not the Go Go's version, but there's all they also do an amazing uh, version of this song. I really like this song, the Fun Boy Three version. Yeah, yeah, darker. Yes, yeah, Yeah. but yeah, not as uh, Go Go ish. Yeah, well, as as we say that, do you remember in in 2004 the Duff, Hillary and Haley Duff, their version of it? Ugh, I liked it. Really? Okay, I I don't know. It was a little more Go Go y. Okay, well, as it should be. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm, uh, but I'm, I, I actually like when other, you know, they keep songs alive, and you know, hopefully people go back and like, oh, you know, you, you hear that. I'm gonna listen to the original version. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this was the 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 first all female band to hit number one, or you know, I, I'm you know, I'm only fifteen, fourteen, fifteen when this came out. It's, yeah. It seemed weird to me, like, oh, I mean, it, it just seems natural, like, oh yeah, well, that seems weird. Why shouldn't there be a, an all female? More girls. Yeah. Why is that? I, it was really, it was odd to me that that, that, that was a fact, uh, that, you know, that was. Something. That they were, that it was made uh, just like anything when there's the first female anything, why would this be a, you know, yeah. why should this be a big deal? But it is. 
Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they were. Uh, it was groundbreaking. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and we still love them. In these. Yes. More <laughs> more on the go goes to come. I'm sure. Uh, okay, so 31 is the Kinks Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, Kinks fan? I am. I am a moderate Kinks fan. You? Yes, I I, I like the Kinks a lot. I don't have anything on Destroyer, <laughs> but I know the, the you know it's it's a it's a brother band, and they so of course they hate each other, and uh, and there's always threats of coming getting back together, and actually I think that's rubbing up again. The Kinks may tour. Really? And, yeah, yeah. There always there's always threats of. Till they hate each yeah. other again. Till they hate, and, yeah, it's like Oasis, you know. Yeah, yeah. They hate each other, then they love each other, and then, you know, they get back together and they remember why they hated each other. And so uh, it's back and forth. But it's, uh, yeah, Kinks it was great. I mean, but, you know, this song is just a, it's just a straight ahead rocker and it's kind of, it kind of fits in the K-Rock. It's, you know, it's yeah. one of those songs where you could hear it on KLOS, KMET, but it also worked on K-Rock. I like think. the police, I think. Yes, definitely. And it was cool when you think about it. I mean this band in the 80s I mean they've been together for almost 20 years now and they're getting played on this kids radio station that's that's great I mean they they, they were still uh, fresh in uh, in the 80s I, I you know the Davies I think, brothers I they're the old men by that yeah right. I think that's one of the reasons I got into them is that they were still vibrant on k-rock like at that time Dylan and Neil Young and uh, you know they were putting out these horrible albums and i was like i tried to get into it like i I don't get this so i you know i like tossed them aside to come back later but the kinks were still relevant and and i think also the stones was that's another reason i like the stones Mm -hmm. is because you know these these entry songs or you know when i was 15 started listening to it their new music was still good so i that made me go back to listen to to their older stuff it wasn't until later that i discovered dylan and neil young and like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> See, that's it. I, that's it's interesting because it's, and we've talked about this before. It's the opposite for me because I was exposed. You know, that's why I don't love the this era's uh, Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. as previously stated, because I love old Stones and all the stuff that I was exposed to at home when I was young, like Neil Young, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. You know, I appreciated them when they started, so I didn't love this era of their music. Makes My sense. personal, yeah, no, personal it, it makes, yeah. yeah, makes perfect sense. But it's good that it got you that this stuff you liked enough to go back and listen to their old stuff. That's uh, that was my entry. Okay, so number thirty, <laughs> it's, it's great. I, actually, I uh, so it's uh, John Anderson of Yes mm-hmm. and Vangelis, or is it Vangelis? I think it's Vangelis. Is it Vangelis? Okay, um, I actually <laughs> this week I saw Yes. Oh yeah. Was, oh yes. Yes, which was uh, crazy. I mean, he still has that that high pitched voice. He's still in great. Still has a really good voice. Shocking for a guy. I looked it up. He's seventy three years old. Whoa! <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, they have a loyal. Yes, yes, has a very loyal following. Almost as intense as Rush. Um, it, it was. Uh, I saw a lot of Rush shirts also at this show. The band was good. Yeah, the band. Oh, Trevor uh, Trevor Rabin of the Buggles is in is the guitarist in, the, in this incarnation of uh, the band, and Rick Rake Wakeman who wore a uh, he wore this uh, sparkly cape it was the is the keyboardist. It was nice. I like. Oh, I haven't seen a, a cape like that in a long time. That's cool. <laughs> he wore this at this show. The cape. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was hilarious because it was just like this 
this T-shirt he wore with, a, you know, he's got the beer belly and he's just wearing like these relaxed <laughs> jeans, pants. Dad but then jeans. he, ha- yeah, he's wearing dad jeans, but then he's got this elaborate cape on, and and, you know, it's, and it works. And it it kind of works. But. I don't know. I don't know if you were taking a kid. It might work for us, but if you were taking a kid, you know, like one of your kids to yeah. to the oh, no. show, might not. No, we were the by far the youngest there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding that a lot these days. Yeah, um, but it was it was fun. I'm I'm glad I went to the show. Yeah, John Anderson. He still has a he still has a great voice, uh-huh. but. Going to this song, it's it was kind of cool. They, uh, it's called uh, "The Friends of Mr. Cairo," which I had completely forgotten about. Mm-hmm. But once I played it, like, oh yeah, I, I do remember. This is kind of a unique. Uh, I I like when uh, you know a producer adds a you know finds a vocalist. To, you know, it's kind of like a Daft Punk type thing. Like, oh okay, we'll create these songs. We'll have someone else sing these and do their their version of it. And it uh, it really makes it interesting. So this is. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a film noir type, and uh, the sound bites that they throw in are like, like uh, music or movies from the '40s and '30s and '40s of like the you know these gangster films and for this song, this yeah yeah, like it opens with uh, I think it was oh it, this is actually it was a film from 1971 as I looked it up because it opens up with uh, you know some film dialogue and that's from the 1971 film Get Carter, which I hear is very good, but I I. Need to <laughs> need to view that, um, but the, yeah, but they throw in. Um, I think there's some allusions to like uh, the Maltese Falcon and references to a lot of different okay. the film genre of the. I did not remember. Did you remember the song when you? Yeah, when I when I replayed it, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, I do remember this. this is kind of yeah. cool. I had you know I remember in '81. I probably had no idea who John Anderson was, and I knew I knew Vangelis better because I knew Jared Sapphire. Fire. Yeah. Okay, this pairing uh, when I when I came upon this on the countdown, I thought, okay, that can't be that has to be a mistake because I it seems like the oddest pairing to me. Yeah. But now that you're comparing it to the you know like a Daft Punk kind of thing, a producer and a, I listened to the song briefly and it sounded familiar to me, but I couldn't get over that that those two were. Yeah, it's nice. Were a pair, and I saw that when I was reading about them that they actually called them John and Vangelis. So you wouldn't even have oh, necessarily really? known oh, that it was John Anderson. They probably From tried yes. to hide the fact because, yeah, yeah because Yes was a pretentious uh, band and, you know. <laughs> Marketing kind of, them differently. Right. Kind of like this other prog rock band that we talked about previously. <laughs> they both have like these crazy voice. He's He talks like that too. Really? Oh, his voice, it's super hot. Yeah, it's just craziness. Um, but John Anderson, his voice, his singing and talking voice are super similar it's kind of odd. Our our seats were pretty good, so we could we could tell like oh John Anderson is very short and he he stands on this little uh, like a booster seat to, just so he's a little bit tall. I th- you know for stage presence, you oh. know, I think it's I think it you know so the people in the back can can see him. But I didn't know. It, yeah, we, oh, I he's a common man. to a lot of singers. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think yeah. so too. Like a prog rock band, they played like twelve songs, and the, and the show is like two and a half hours long. Yes. <laughs> All right. So anyway, yeah. So so there. It's it's definitely where I'm, I'm now. I'm curious as to uh, I looked on YouTube. I didn't listen to it, but there's like a 15 minute version of this song. I think it's probably like a film type thing. Oh. And I I'd actually like to hear the whole album. So I have to I'm going to have to pull up that the whole thing and just kind of see what, what that was about. Because the song is very interesting. You close the door and put on your black light. Definitely. <laughs> there you go. All right. So uh, my name is Dave. I'm Holly. Thank you for listening to What Difference Does It Make? Check you later. Over and out.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 